0: You are listening to a Bible-based message from River Rock Church in Belle Plaine, Minnesota. We invite you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. at 330 South Market Street. We also encourage you to visit riverrockchurch.com for more information and resources. Now here is today's encouraging message from Pastor Dan Jetto. Okay, The New You is the title of my message this morning, and living the life and the power that Jesus gives us. And I'm I'm going to be focused on one verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. But first of all, I want to welcome you to the second week of the new year. Um, I am very proud of myself. I have already learned how to write 2018 on my checks, so I haven't had to correct that very many times yet. Uh, but this is a time generally when people are trying to make themselves new. They are trying to change themselves because there's something they either don't like about themselves or something they want to do better. So there's new diets and exercise plans for those who would like a new body or to get their old body back. There are new goals at work to advance themselves and in their careers, and most of the times those are required. New bucket list items, trips to plan, things they want to experience, things that we want to do. Jesus offers us a new you where he does all the work. Wouldn't that be great if uh, you didn't have to diet to get the old body back? Um, well, Jesus offers us a new you where he does all the work. He recreates us. So he, Jesus removes our sins, so there's no more striving to be good enough. Jesus has done all the work. Jesus gives us a new heart, one that can love perfectly. So we don't have to try to change our hearts. Jesus changed it for us. Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit who comes to live inside of us to help us live godly lives. Jesus gives us a new family, a place we will always belong. And the neat thing about all of this is there are no prerequisites for being in Christ. And that's what Paul is talking about in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, there's no prerequisites for that. Jesus is not waiting for us to get our lives right before we come to him. He is waiting for us to come to him so that he can help us get our lives right. So he is the one who does the work to make us new. He wants to recreate us because he loves us And he wants to spend eternity with us. Now, Jesus has already made me new. I am free from the guilt of sin. Free from the fear of death. The reason that I know that I'm free from the fear of death is because um, in probably 2012, I was driving home. I just had breakfast with Chris. It was when I was working overnights. And uh, about a mile and a half from home, I fell asleep in my car. Cruise control is set at 60 miles an hour. And I woke up when the tires hit the left shoulder. So I drifted across the left lane and hit the left shoulder on the ditch. And um, I live in the country, so this ditch that I'm headed for is deep. It has a a, a drainage ditch that runs perpendicular that has straight up and down pretty much rock walls. And I'm headed straight for that. And uh, God actually held up driver's side of the car, Uh, I went back and showed Becky where my wheels left the the road and where I ended up, and you could physically see that the tires on the low side of the car were not on the ground, Uh, and instead of hitting the ditch wall, which would have killed me, I hit the culvert, but there was no fear in my mind when I was going through that. I, I thought I'm going to die, but there was no fear. So I know that I don't fear death, at least not a sudden, quick death. Um, so, But uh, I did learn that infinities fly very well. They stay nice and level, uh, but they land hard. So uh, we, we did have to suffer the consequences of the landings and the airbag. So I'm not afraid of death. I don't have to fear that. I have been empowered to live like him. I'm able to love without condition. And I am deeply loved by him. Jesus has done that work in me. And if you look at me, okay, inside this aging man is a new creation. I have been made new. Recreated by Jesus. I came to him. I am new. I like new car smell. I smell heavenly. Um, God has made me and given me that heavenly smell. I am made new. And this is, all poss- this is possible for every single one who is in Christ. Every one of you can be recreated. You can be free from that guilt. You can be free from that sin. You can have the power of the Holy Spirit available to you. He is in us. Now it is my hope that when you leave here today. That all of us would be able to experience. And live in the joy of freedom, and power that comes from being in Christ. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul writes this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. So are you ready to be free from pressure of trying to make the cut? The feeling like you have to please God to earn what he wants for you? Are you ready to experience the joy of being loved and belonging to a family, the family of God? Are we ready to live with confidence and power that comes from God? If you answered yes to those questions, then we are ready to live in Christ with the freedom and the power of recreated beings with the ministry of helping others come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. This verse is in the middle of a passage about reconciliation. Us being reconciled to God and us being ministers of reconciliation to others. We're even called ambassadors, representatives of God to those who are outside of his kingdom. Now, as my message today, I'm going to be going in a different direction than normal. And because of that, I don't have a bumper sticker today. So I don't have a bumper sticker for you today. Because what I want everyone to understand is what it means to be in Christ, what it means to be new creations, so that we will all want to be in Christ, but even more so, we would want our friends to be in Christ, that we would actually begin to live the intent of this verse and passage. So when we are in Christ, so being in Christ means that we are in union with him through the Holy Spirit who lives in us and is given to us when we come to him. So when we come to Christ, when we make that confession of faith, and Jesus then gives us his Holy Spirit, he comes into us. We have all of the Holy Spirit all at once. Now we get to decide how much the Holy Spirit gets us. That's us being yielded to him. So if you want to have the full power of the Holy Spirit, you need to be fully yielded to God. When we are in Christ, we have a place to belong. We have a family because God wants us. Now how many of you have ever felt alone? lonely felt like an outcast so you're the wallflower at the gym the school dance everybody else is having fun and you're the guy standing on the wall this does not happen when we are in christ because god adopts us into his family we will always belong we don't have to be alone He never abandons us, and we have a family. Even if our natural family abandons us, we have the church. Ephesians 1.5 said, God decided in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gives him great pleasure. So God isn't doing this out of some obligation. He wants us in his family. He loves us so very much that he wants us in his family. It gives him great pleasure to have us be in Christ. When we are in Christ, we don't have to fear death because he has promised us eternal life with him. We can be confident that we have a positive eternal destiny, one that cannot be taken from us. We cannot be snatched out of the Father's hand. One, he's too fast, plus he knows it's coming. You're not going to be able to fool him. He cannot be fooled. First John five eleven through 13 says this, and this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, so in Christ. The one who has the Son has life. The one who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Now, this key part of this passage is there are those who are not in Christ. They do not have this promise of eternal life. That's why the church exists. That's why we have a ministry of reconciliation because there are people out there who are not going to experience the joy and the benefits and the love eternally that we experience today. When we are in Christ... We can come to God about anything, anytime, anywhere, and know that he will receive us and hear us. You know, Satan wants us to live in shame. We come to Christ and we're living well, and we fall back into a sin, or we fall into sin, and, and, and Satan has been tempting us and teasing us to say, oh, you should do this. It, it'll be okay if you just do one. And then we feel shame, because Satan wants to separate us from God. But God will accept us we can come back. I shared with my worship team this morning Ahab. Ahab, one of the most evil kings in the Old Testament. Um, he had somebody murdered so that he could get his grape vineyard. And uh, Elijah comes and he prophesies against him and said, Your whole family is going to be wiped out. All your males, your servants, slaves, everybody's going to be wiped out. The males that die, they're going to be eaten by dogs if they die in the city, and all of this type of stuff. And Ahab humbles himself before God and he He fasts and he prays, and God says, I'm going to have mercy on Ahab. This won't happen until after he dies. God is a God who wants to show mercy. He's not a God who's waiting out there to whack us. So we can come to him. If you fall into sin, we can come to him, and we can say, God, I am sorry. Help me change. We can come to him when we're happy. Hey, God, it's nine above this morning. Yay! You know, it's not eighteen below like yesterday morning. We can come to Him when we we just need some answers. You know, God, my my sister has cancer. I don't know what to do. We can come to Him with little things. God, I smashed my pinky with my hammer. Could you could you make the pain go away? God is not going to push us away. There's nothing too import, important that God is not going to listen to. And we have special access to come into his presence. It says in Hebrews four fourteen through 16, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When we are in Christ, we have a special access into the throne room of God. Okay, so I work for a large corporation um, and we have security systems in place. Unless you have a special access badge, you can't get into our buildings. So I have this badge and this badge allows me to get in anytime I want. When we are in Christ, we have that same privilege. We can walk into the throne room of God anytime we want. And the neat thing is, is he never closes a door. He never locks a door. We're always able to get in there. We are free from the guilt and shame of sin. You know, when we come to Christ, when we are in Christ, God sees his son, not our sin. Our sins have been forgiven and God remembers them no more. So God sees his son. I walk into the presence of God. He says, hey, it's my son. He doesn't see my sin. Psalm 103, 11 through 13 says, For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. The Lord is like the father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. So as far as the east is from the west, so if I put my arm out here, let's see, this is actually probably the south, uh, that's going to be west, east. So far as the east is from the west, I can go east forever and it will never be west. I can go west forever And it will never be east. I'm still going west. That's how far God removes our sins. He takes them away. They are gone. We don't have to worry about them. So when you have those thoughts come into your mind, remembering that stupid thing that you did in the past, God has forgotten it. Don't remember it. That's a trap of Satan to try to beat us down so that we don't stand in the power and in the confidence that God has given us. In Christ we belong. We don't have to fear. We can go to God at any time. The burden of guilt and shame are removed. Now, isn't that freeing? I mean, there's two things that I want to do when I think about all the blessings that I have in Christ. One is to shout, praise the Lord. And the other is to fall on my face and worship. And I can't do both at the same time. Yet. No. Um, But... We should want that for ourselves. We should want that for our friends. How many people are walking around either feeling alone or they're driven away from other people because of their guilt and shame? They, they're afraid to go to God because they think God's going to whack them. They don't feel like they belong anyplace. That is not what we experience when we come to Jesus, when we are in Christ. I am glad we are in Christ. When we are new creations, God gives us a new heart. Now, in Scripture it says, And I will give you a new heart, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. This heart that he gives us is one that's capable of loving unconditionally. Meaning loving people without expecting something back. And that's the way that God loves us. He loves us unconditionally. This new heart is a responsive heart. It's able to hear from God and obey him. We need new hearts. Ours have been damaged, some broken by relationships, gone sour, injured by those who have betrayed us. And sometimes that leaves us unable to love without an expectation back from the other person. But Jesus can give us a new heart that can love. And let me share again personal testimony. I know this is true. Because when I was in high school, before I came to Christ, I literally hated my sisters. And I've shared this before. They would come and sit down at the breakfast table and I would get so frustrated and angry that I couldn't eat my breakfast. I had to walk away. Now, when I came to Christ, Jesus changed my heart. I prayed, Lord, help me love my sisters. And overnight, completely different heart, I changed. Now, you see my sisters up here. Sharon is the youngest, my youngest sister. She's about four or five years younger than me. Judy um, died of cancer three years ago. Um, I learned to love my sisters. I took them to Hawaii. This was a picture that uh, we took in Hawaii. And I just recently put a picture up like this. But it's got two other pictures because my sister Sharon, uh, the one who's blonde, she fell here and this red dirt in Hawaii, it doesn't come out of your pants. And so I've got a picture of her being lifted up after she fell. You can see the red dirt on her backside. Um, and then another picture of the waterfall. And I, I put those pictures together to, to remind me of my sisters and, and my love. But, and I also put a little pile of dirt on there that my wife and I picked up when we were in Hawaii this year from that very spot. So where my sister Judy is standing, where my sister fell, I have a piece of dirt. But God changed my heart. He made me someone who could love others rather than just love myself. Because before this time, before God changed my heart, I only really loved myself. Everything I did for other people was to hopes to get something from them. It had nothing to do with wanting to serve them. When God gives us a new heart, he gives a heart that's willing to serve because we can love unconditionally. God gives us a new identity. We are called children of God. In John 1.12, it says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So what we need to do is we need to get rid of all the identities that are holding us back. So if you're calling yourself loser, That's not a God name. If you're calling yourself failure, that's not a God name. If you're calling yourself unworthy, that's not a God name. If you're calling yourself incapable, that's not a God name. God's names for us are positive. Think about some of the people whose names were changed in Scripture. Joseph became Barnabas. He went from my God provides to the son of encouragement. Saul became Paul, from inquirers of God to humble. So this Pharisee became one of the most humble men in the world. God changes names. He gives us a new name. He calls us his children. We are now called sons and daughters of God, heirs with Jesus. We're going to inherit the kingdom of God. This is our new identity. We can walk with our heads held high and our backs straight knowing that we are children of the king. I am a prince in the realm. God gives us new abilities. He gave us his Holy Spirit and we're no longer limited by our own strength. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all glory to God who is able to do through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So he gives us the ability to do, go, do and go beyond what we think we can do, even beyond our physical capabilities. In the, in the story of Ahab, again, Elijah tells Ahab, when it's, uh, this is after he's killed all the prophets, it's going to start raining again. I, I, Ahab, uh, got, uh, Elijah tells Ahab, Hop on your chariot, you better get back to, the, to your castle because if you don't, you're going to get stuck out here in the mud. And so he gets in a chariot, he takes off. God empowers Elijah. He beat the horses in the chariot back to the city. I don't know anybody who can outrun a horse. Even the top Olympic athletes cannot outrun a horse. It's certainly not for any uh, distance. God empowers us beyond our ability So we need to quit limiting ourselves because of what we or what others think of us or what we or others think we can do. Think about David. Everybody thought he was too young and too small to take out Goliath. But through the power of God, he did. Sarah, she was 90 years old. She thought she was too old to have a child. Abraham was 100. He thought he was too old to have a father, a child. They had Isaac. The disciples did not think they could feed 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. But they did. And not only that, there were 12 baskets left over, one for each of the disciples. God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever think or imagine through his power at work within us. We have the limitless God living in us. We are only limited by what he says we are. So if he asks us to do it, we can do it. We trust and try. God does the work. So, all we have to do is trust and try. Now, the last phrase in the verse that I chose today says, The old passed away, see the new has come. So not only are we in Christ in new creations, but God is calling us to live differently. He's calling us to live by faith. Paul is teaching the Corinthians about their mission of reconciliation because they're used to hearing that the, the way to reconcile yourself to God is through works. So the Jews knew the sacrificial system. The uh, pagans would give offerings to their God, whatever it was, some burnt offerings, some money offerings, whatever it was. They were used to a sacrificial system and priests as a means of reconciliation to God. But the new way is the way of faith. This is the gospel message. It is simple, and because of that, I want to share it with you today. If you are in Christ, you can use the simple method, too, to share it with your friends. So I'm going to use a track. So if somebody wants to pass these around, you want to follow around with, along with me, so that would be great. If you don't want to open it up, you don't have to. But, uh, and you can take these with you if you think that it would be useful for you. But this is simply a simple connecting with God. This has the message of reconciliation that God wants us to share inside of it. And it's very simple. It begins in here with step one. You were created with both value and worth. Did you know that God loves you and created you to know him personally? The Bible tells us that God created you. You you created every part of me and put me together in my mother's womb in Psalm 139. God loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that anyone who believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God's purpose for you. My purpose is to give you life in all its fullness. What keeps us from connecting with God or knowing him personally? Man is sinful and separated from God. So we cannot know him personally or experience his love. People are sinful, for all have sinned and fall short of, the glory of, uh, short of God's glorious standard. We were created to have a personal relationship with God, but by our own choice and self-will we have gone our own independent way and that relationship has been broken. The self-will, often seen as an attitude of active rebellion towards God or lack of interest in him, is an evidence of what the Bible calls sin. People are separated, but the trouble is that your sins have cut you off from God, Isaiah 59, 2, and for the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. The picture on the right side over here illustrates that God is holy and people are sinful, and a great gap separates the two. The arrows show that People are continually trying to reach God through their own efforts, such as a good life, philosophy, religion, but they will always fail. What is the solution to our, sep- our sin and separation from God? It's Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is God's sep- his only solution for our sin. Through him alone, we can know God personally and experience God's love. He died in our place, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, Romans 5.8. He rose from the dead. Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he was raised from the dead on the third day. He was seen by Peter and then by the 12 apostles. After that, he was seen by more than 500. He is the only way to God. Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, John 14, 6. The picture on the right again illustrates how God has bridged the gap with the cross that separates us from him by sending his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross in our place and to pay the penalty for our sins. It is not enough just to know these facts about Jesus Christ. We must personally receive him, receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, then we can know God personally and experience his love. We must believe in and receive Christ. To all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. All they had to do was trust, believe in him to save them. We receive Christ by faith, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. When we receive Christ, we experience a new birth, John 3, 1 through 8. We receive Christ by personal invitation. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him. Receiving Christ involves recognizing our need for Christ, so realizing that we can't get to heaven in our own strength. Turning to Christ and away from, our, from ourself, that's repentance. Trusting Christ to come into our lives to forgive our sins and make us what he wants us to be. Just to agree that Christ is the son of God and that he died on the cross for our sins is not enough. Nor is it enough to have an emotional experience. We receive Christ by faith as a decision of our will. And the illustration represents the two lives. So one has self on the throne. And all of our priorities around serving ourselves, the other has Christ on the throne with all of our priorities and ourselves subservient to Christ. You can receive Christ right now, and here's how you can do it. Prayer, and that's through prayer, a faith prayer. Prayer is talking with God. God knows your heart and is not concerned with your words, as he is with the attitude of your heart. Here's a suggested prayer. I'm going to read the suggested prayer let ask everybody to bow their heads and close their eyes as I pray. If you want to pray along with me, you can. Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place for my sins. I believe in you, and I open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving me of my sins and giving me eternal life. Take control of the throne of my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be. The Bible promises eternal life to all who receive Christ. Whoever is God's son has life. Whoever does not have a son does not have life. I've written to this so that you, you, those of you who believe in the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. If you prayed that prayer and meant it today, it's the first time that you've ever done it, I ask that you would talk to myself or Pastor Chris because we want to help you to grow in your faith. If you are a Christian, this is a very simple way. You've seen an example of how you can share Christ with somebody, that we can be ministers of reconciliation, which we are called to do. As we leave here today, it is my desire and it is my hope that all of you would fully understand who you are in Christ, that you would begin to recognize your identity so that the lies of Satan, where we'll would call you failure or worse, Lord, would not... Uh, affect you you'd be able to battle that with the verses that we shared today and that also pray and it's my hope and desire that you'll be changed and you will want to share this message of reconciliation with people that you know that you begin building relationships to help others come to know jesus christ let's pray dear lord jesus i thank you for this morning an opportunity to come and share you with others i pray lord jesus as we leave here today that you would fill this place with uh, with your holy spirit you would empower us lord to be who you want us to be, and Lord Jesus, that we would rejoice in knowing that you are our God and all the things that you've done and how they uh, how they have helped us to become more like you. I ask this in Jesus' name. If I could get some people to come and take our morning offering this morning, I share a couple of verses from Philippians chapter four, and uh, Philippians chapter four is is a great. I love that particular passage. The beginning in verse 12, Paul begins to say this. I don't know how to make, I I know both how to make do with a little and I know how to make do with a lot. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being content, whether well-fed or hungry, whether in abundance or in need. I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me. And we hear that verse, I am able to do all things through him who strengthens me in so many different places, but it's really learning to live with whatever circumstance God has given us, wealth, poverty, whatever. And as we give back to God, it's a way of us trusting him in the circumstance we're in. If you're wealthy, we should be giving a lot. If we're poor, we should be giving what we can and what we've decided that God uh, is asking us to give. And as we give, we'll find that God will meet our needs. It says that in Philippians four nineteen, And my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. But not only that, we will see God do amazing things as we uh, give back to him and let him work with the things that we have. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are a great God, that you are able to take every dollar that's given here and turn it into something greater than if we held on to it ourselves. Help us, Lord, to trust in you, Lord, to give generously and graciously with, with happy hearts, Lord, not begrudgingly. And, Lord, I pray that as we do that, that it, it, would, it would be amazing what we would see what you do in Jesus' name.